Whether like me you leap hedges on your 18 hand hunter, or like Toby you brave Reykjavik's volcanic ash, what do you do when you're snowed under and notice your fiercely independent elderly mum or dad isn't coping? This would have been a disaster, but now you can whip out your phone and call the Family Emergency Service, that is, the Live-In Care Company. Call 0118-914-5300. The liveincarecompany.co.uk does exactly what it says on the tin. The Live-In Care Company, run by a fellow London calling listener, rocks a 97% five-star trust pilot rating. The Live-In Care Company believes your family should be cared for at home by carers who actually care. We don't believe a synthetic and potentially locked-down environment of a residential care home can hold a candle to -to one-to-one care in your own family home. As one amazed Trustpilot reviewer wrote recently, we urgently needed a carer with only 24 hours notice. This company contacted us very promptly and had a carer for the position within a couple of hours absolutely amazing service with a very professional caring attitude and a very personal touch this company is by far the best we have used get in touch via www.theliveincarecompany.co.uk or ring us for a no obligation conversation on 0118-914-5300 we'd love to help and here is a real testimonial that was included as a comment on the london calling page on ricochet just wanted to let you know we've just employed the live-in care company to provide a carer for my in-laws in Edinburgh. I heard their advert on your podcast a few weeks ago. Had never heard of them before, but they were exactly what we needed. Might be worth them advertising with you again. I imagine your audience is exactly the right demographic. It's the new year. The apocalypse seems to be moving further away and the WEF are seemingly less credible by the day. This is a time to rejoice, to indulge and to exit dry January with wholehearted dedication to treating oneself in a most perfect manner. In the words of award-winning rap artist Eminem, guess who's back? Yes, that's right, our unequivocally favourite independent bottlers, heroes and heretics, looking to blow off the cobwebs of sobriety and without doubt your socks too, with some impressive spirits. Once again, we suggest signing up to their incredibly safe and ultra-effective spirits club called The Collective. The Collective is completely free, but on doing so, you'll receive 15% off and free delivery on your first order. And why not make that first order The McNab, named after the legendary hunting challenge, a beautiful expression of Highland whiskey, a Westport, a 15-year-old Glenmorangie, with a teaspoon of an undisclosed sister distillery. Exciting, eh? It's usually £80 with £7.50 delivery, but but if you join the collective at Heroes and Heretics, you will save over £22. So don't delay, because there are only 300 bottles of the McNab to buy. Sign up to the Heroes and Heretics collective at hahcws.com. That's hahcws.com. This is London Calling. London Calling. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial. Welcome. 
to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Tobes, how are you doing? I'm good, James. How are you doing? Um, I've, I, I was slightly traumatised this weekend, the weekend just gone, because the ground was too hard for hunting. Ah, and, and was this was this going to be the weekend when it was going to be your the benefactor weekend. had lent you a couple of horses? Yeah, it was. Right. It was all set up, and I'd spent the whole week psyching myself up up for the big push, as it were, and and um, anxiously studying the weather, um, the, the 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 weather forecast. And I was thinking the worst case scenario would be the ground is just okay to to go hunt for them not to call off the hunt but so hard nevertheless if you come off you basically die or or even worse have to end up in an nhs hospital um and that you can't really have any fun because you're constantly trying to rein your horse in because you're scared about jumping over anything in case it damages its legs and so on so in a way i was relieved that it was it, it was it was called off um because because it would have been it would have been suicide i think hunting well, was called off every, everywhere in the country right and and you know that the average waiting time, I think I'm right, in England, um, if you go to accident and emergency, uh, what the Americans call the emergency room, yeah. is now 12 hours. And in Scotland, I didn't know this, but I discovered this uh, last weekend, um, uh, the the time by which um, you are supposed to have been triaged, not seen by a doctor, but seen by a nurse yeah. who then decides who you should see next. The ter- the time by which you're supposed to be triaged, the target in Scottish hospitals under the <laughs> Scottish NHS is 15 hours. So if you, if you get seen uh, after 15 hours after arriving, not seen by a doctor, but just seen by anyone, if a nurse comes to ask you what's wrong, within 50, like 15 hours after you've arrived at a, at a Scottish emergency room <laughs> that's that's on target that's hitting the target as far as nhs scotland is concerned so whatever you do james be don't careful. go hunting in scotland don't go hunting in, don't go hunting in scotland particularly not on or anything ground. else in scotland so have you seen the you, you must have covered this the the excess deaths in scotland are, are just off the scale i saw that they were yeah they were higher than they are in england and wales yes yeah but they're also the highest they've been ever histor- uh, historically that, no, I haven't that, seen that. I think, yeah, they're, they're they're way above average. Well, so well, I mean, excess deaths are, are up everywhere, aren't they? What, what, what's your what's your line on this? Well, I've just, I've just, I'm like, well, I, I think I was um, uh, inclined to think that there was a connection between the mRNA vaccines and boosters and elevated rates of excess death, not just in the UK, but elsewhere too. But I just read quite a comprehensive piece by Ron Unts. You know oh, Ron he's Unts? Your, your, your guy who's obsessed with Ukraine, isn't he? That one. No, no, no. He's, 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 um, he's an American entrepreneur who has this um, website. Um, what's it called? It's called the Unts Review, is it? Um, uh, and oh, it's... yeah, I have. He's, he's very hit and miss. So is he trying to say that, it, that it's not the, va- not the death jabs when it obviously is? Well, he, he's, he's, he, he's, um, he's, he's, he's a vaccine sceptic sceptic. So he doesn't think that um, he doesn't think that, that, that there are 
um, unusually high levels of adverse events associated with the mRNA vaccines. And he doesn't think that you can link excess deaths insofar as there are any um, in the various countries where the vaccine has been rolled out to the vaccine. He thinks insofar so as in there are... So in what wise is he well, a vaccine sceptic sceptic then? Because <laughs> it sounds to me like he's pushing the big pharma narrative, nothing to see here. Well, I, I mean I mean that he's he, he, he spent a lot of time um, analysing... Uh, rather forensically, the claims of vaccine sceptics and is sceptical about those claims. And he's published a, he's just done a, he's just, the email just arrived about 30 minutes before embarking on this podcast. And it's a fairly comprehensive look at the data across various different countries where the vaccine's been rolled out. And he concludes that, first of all, there isn't there is there, there isn't there isn't much elevated mortality um, uh, in, in those regions, and secondly, insofar as there is, he doesn't think there's enough evidence to link it to the mRNA vaccines, and it's a pretty comprehensive rebuttal of the various claims made by vaccine skeptics, which I'd include myself in. Um, I've been you know, um, but but so I, I need to I need to look at all that evidence in detail before reaching a conclusion. I think you're being too generous, Tobes. I mean, it's it certainly. Um contradicts what we learn from ed dowd in his book cause unknown and i so i i think after we had our chat last week i had a, I, I had a i did a podcast with 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 ed dowd um i mean i was familiar with what he was saying about it he was saying that 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 excess deaths are certainly um uh, increasing you know way over average but 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 even worse is the the number of people being taken out of the worst force through um, disability caused caused he believes by 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 vaccines and I said to him yeah well, what about all those people who say oh it's because they haven't had access to doctors and haven't had access to it, or that it's long COVID or that it's climate change or whatever um, and he said well you you've you've got to focus on the things that you you, you can demonstrate where where for example um, sporting sportsmen's injuries you know footballers particularly you know you know why footballers get get hardest hit of all of all the, the sports uh you probably guess because it's you a, watch football i don't b- well because it's um it does involve a certain amount of physical contact and taking a few knocks no not that it's funny enough, it, it's that the footballers run more okay. of the time than right. any other other sport that you're constantly required to be doing stuff which is why if any sport is going to get hit football is the one and that has indeed been the case so he he, he went through the, he went through the this was something I, i'd wanted to look at like two years ago when it first started becoming noticeable that all these sporting stars were 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 seemed to me to either drop dead or or uh, you know at least collapse on on the pitch and i can't remember which 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 um what sports these figures apply to but he looked at the historical record and said you know how uh, how how often do 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 um sportsmen collapse on the pitch and and die and and he discovered yes they do um the average was about 29 a year but in 2021 when the 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 vaccine started being rolled out vaccines that aren't vaccine the figure was in excess of 500 so we're talking uh, an increase way beyond error margins. We're talking what more than more than ten times, in fact, uh, significantly more than ten times. Now, uh, would these would these sportsmen be dropping dead because they hadn't had access to doctors? Un- unlikely. 
um would they would it be because of of long long covid well what would you reckon to that one so i think we are starting to get bits of evidence which even somebody of um ron unz's uh (laughs) farmer level excuse making would find hard to ignore yeah i I remember at the daily skeptic we tried to um look into whether sportsmen and particularly footballers um were suffering yes heart attacks and other cardiovascular uh events um more frequently than in in previous in the sort of pre-covid era or the pre-vaccine era and it was quite i i i I remember concluding that it was impossible to find any kind of like for like data sets so yeah he's got better researchers than we have tobes basically he's he's yeah so i think he's he's done he's done our homework for us i agree it was very frustrating not being able to find some comparative metrics to be able to test whether this was normal or really abnormal yeah but anyway yeah i, I think that i think i think that we're going to find more and more of this happening and dowd reckons that um as an investor that although they want it's, it's hard to get the timing right but one should definitely go long funeral homes and short insurance companies because right. We, we discussed it, we discussed this before shorting insurance companies didn't well we, we did but and and actually yeah. you would you would have made money had you done so at the time um i but said we discussed it. i think okay. it's going to get much 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 worse and the other the other thing he predicts is going to happen massive litigation against businesses which mandated the vaccine because as you know mm. people can't go after the governments um, or with great difficulty, they can't go after the big pharma companies which have indemnified themselves thanks to the the contracts that they they arrange with the governments. So, the, yes, the, but you, yeah, but you can you can I think in some jurisdictions go after health workers, and it's that's right. Yes, you can. Whether 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 the people administering the vaccine at your GP or at these one of these big kind of vaccine centres are liable or not um and uh I, 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 someone sent me a photograph uh, like a japanese reader of the daily skeptic sent me a photograph of a vaccine center in japan where they've actually included now for the first time something at the bottom of this kind of long list of t's and c's saying the people administering these injections take absolutely no responsibility for doing so they will they will they, they make no guarantees that they oh, don't really? have severe side effects yeah and that's presumably to limit their liability because they're worried about the people administering the vaccine. And did they do that from the start? No, they've only just started doing it. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. (laughs) So shutting the stable door and all that. I was was in our our, um, health club the other day and I spotted a lawyer friend and I said, mate, are you a litigation lawyer? Because now's the chance to make like a bandit. There's going to be so much money in this for you. And I, I know about you lawyers. You love making like bandits. And he said, well, on what? And I said, well, you're going to be able to sue all these companies which mandated the, the vaccines. Um, and it's going to be carnage. And he said, I'm not so sure about that. He said, um, uh, you'd have to do it no fee, no win, no fee, which, which doesn't really interest me because I know that there wouldn't be a snowball's chance in hell of winning. And I thought he was going to say, because our legal system is now so corrupt and so so corrupted by, by big pharma and by government policy that you'd never get a fair verdict. But what he actually said was, guess what? <laughs> 
He said, there's so much overwhelming evidence that these mRNA vaccines are safe and effective and they've saved many, many lives. So I don't know how you'd make that stand up in court, he said to me. And I said, all oh, right, all right. <laughs> well, one argument you often hear um, is that even though um, there is an elevated risk of cardiovascular diseases after you've been vaccinated, it's still not as high as the risk if you catch COVID. Yeah, but it's just um, a made-up fact, isn't it? That, it's not that, real. That's, well, it's not a like-for-like like comparison because the relevant comparison is with the unvaccinated population, whether they've had COVID or not. Um, whereas if you're comparing it to the population who've had COVID, you're talking about a subset of that population who may be vulnerable to cardiovascular diseases for different reasons. Um, the, the debate, as I understand it, well, we, this debate has actually unfolded, the debate about whether or not uh, there has been, um, whether or not 2022 was a normal year for mortality in England and Wales, or whether it suffered an unusually high number of excess deaths. So that debate has taken place in The Daily Skeptic today, with Noah Carl, uh, one of our regular contributors, arguing that it was, in fact, a normal year once you um, adjust for age-standardised mortality. Um, uh, and actually, the age-adjusted excess mortality was negative, as in fewer people died than normal after you take ageing into account in 2022. And Will Jones, the editor of The Daily Skeptic, has published a reply to Noah's piece, which we published this morning, in which he says that the um, data set Noah's relying on, which is the age standardized mortality rate uh, isn't reliable um, and uh, will thinks that that excess deaths were significantly higher than normal in 2022 anyway if you're interested in the minutiae of that debate then i recommend going to the daily skeptic and reading these two articles um should we have um, another ad i think um, we should james um so let let's um should we should we try our stab at at the Thor ad, which does require us to do um, a little bit of coordinated chorusing at one particular point. Have you got that in front of you now? I have, but shouldn't we get paid extra for this stuff that requires <laughs> acting skills? I mean, I, I mean, frankly, we should get paid extra for ads that require the putting on of accents. Or, or, or both of us reading them simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, how, um, look, actors get paid a lot of money for, for, for this kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. And, uh, well, I think, I think given that he's one of now one of our most dependable um sponsors and also he's he's also recommended some other people who who are now advertising on london calling i think we should we should we should cut him a bit of slack okay and right, uh, and, and do what he's asked um so are it's you gonna, ready we're gonna to come in really shit anyway Tobes, I, when we do the bit where where we have to do it <laughs> yeah i don't anyway. i don't think we could probably charge him a professional fee go on you, you start then and i'll, and I'll okay do the so thing you know what you know where to come in i okay. do got, where it says james and toby okay. together <laughs> that's it and i don't think i read that bit out i should put that in square brackets okay that's a stage direction. So Thor has asked us to read a wanted ad, which he's written in the style of Ernest Shackleton. He says Shackleton's original wanted advert is worth reading for its powerful, concise copy. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Write, Write more, more concise, concise copy, copy, please, please Thor. Thor. <laughs> Terrible. So Thor was absolutely insistent that we say that together and he thought it would resonate with our yeah. audience who are concerned um, uh, about um, the lack of harmony sometimes between us. So that harmonious bit of chorus yeah. in there. And, th and then Thor comes in again and he says, at least I've got them to agree on something. Ooh, good one. So 
Shackleton's original ad read as follows. Men wanted for hazardous journey. Low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness. Safe return, doubtful. Honour and recognition in event of success. Ernest Shackleton for Burlington Street. And now here's Thor's wanted ad. Ballsy blokes and based babes wanted for hazardous free-thinking journey. Profits beat wages, good return on investment very likely. Climb aboard with fellow awakened adventurers. You can contact Thor via his new Substack newsletter, which you can find at thorholt.substack.com. That's thorholt.substack.com. If you subscribe, and you can subscribe for free, you'll get regular updates about the London Callers Coffee Club via email. Thor signs off by saying, have a wonderful week. And he then added the following postscript. The first face-to-face meetup of London Callers will be on board classic motor launch, the beautiful Belle Epoque, owned by a fellow London caller. You can check out the motor launch at www bell-epoch.co.uk and do let Thor know if you'd like an invitation because numbers are strictly limited. Thor's Substack again is thorholt at substack.com Okay, um, so James, um, have you have you read about uh, uh, King Charles III's plans for the coronation? Do you I know read what? Rather an- yeah. Funnily enough, it did prompt the thought in my head um, which is, do you reckon that um, flight tickets will increase or decrease as the um, coronation approaches? Because I was thinking I might bugger off and get out. It's mm. going to be a week of hell, isn't it? It's going to be it's... just wall-to-wall sort of wokery and God bless you, sir, and... Well, I, 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 yeah, on the price thing... Um... I mean, it may be that many people are trying to flee the country rather than witness the horror of the woke coronation. Um, There was a piece in The Telegraph, uh, and I'll quote a couple of paragraphs from it. So King King Charles III is to put refugees and the NHS at the heart of a diverse coronation (laughs) that will bring the nation together in a three-day celebration designed to reflect modern, multicultural Britain. Wait for it, James. One of the highlights will be the performance of the Coronation Choir, a diverse group drawing together singers from the nation's community choirs, including refugee choirs, NHS choirs, LGBTQ plus singing groups and deaf singing choirs. And to top it all, a BBC documentary will tell the story of the choir's formation and the many people involved. Yeah, I, I might I join gonna, you on that, got on that trip on it, to Timbuktu, it? James. What? I bet it's got Gareth, that nice young man who does oh, the um, probably, the choir yeah. thing. I bet he'll be he'll be involved. Gareth yeah. Malone. Did you, did you never watch? Did you never watch those choir series? But he he's a cishet white middle aged. Yeah, man, but, so but he's he very good. Be... He's very good at dealing with diverse people and deaf okay. people and people who can't sing and, and stuff like that. So he's probably the okay. man. But anyway, okay. it's still going to be it's going to be utter crap, isn't it? It's, it's going to be it's going to be emetic. I mean, I mean, even I I, I don't know how far we have to go to escape this horror. I, I I want to go to a part of the world where no one has ever heard of England or let alone I, the hideous it, royal family. Do, do you think it's at some point? Charles will instead of ermine will don a rainbow flag and then go up to the uh, Commonwealth leaders, you know, in the front pews and kneel before them and beg for forgiveness and offer reparations. 
I mean, I, it's it's, it's going to include some. I mean, it's just it, I couldn't believe that when I read it, but but perhaps I was I was you know perhaps I should have thought it through. Um, but you know, it, it, it's so odd that Charles, whose support base I think we've discussed this before. You know, the people who like Charles, monarchists. You know, um, they are small C conservatives, um, uh, and yet he seems to be. You know, people who vote conservative in general elections, people who voted probably to leave the European Union, people who sometimes still go to church. And yet instead of trying to appeal to them, instead of, you know, pandering to his base, which you'd think would be quite sensible, instead he's trying to win over kind of guardian reading, rainbow flag waving Republicans. Like, you know, it's a bit like the current conservative body. Why do they do so little designed to please, you know, the people who actually voted for them and and, and, and are members of the Conservative Party and pay for their election campaigns and instead spend their entire time trying to please people that loathe and detest them. And it's I, the I same don't know. With, I, with, this, I, with the coronation. That's the, that's the sort of thing I would have argued three or four years ago and I still believed in this. I, I, I now think that they do this stuff purely to generate hissy fits like the ones that we are now now pulling but basically what they want us to is is more than anything they want us to care about the royal family as a thing and they want us they want us to be invested in it they want us to care whether or not the the ginger taliban killer um whether whether or not he comes to the to the I was about to say funeral. Um, that was that would have been a Freudian slip. Whether he comes to the coronation or not, or are we team Megan or are we team Will and Kate or, or whatever? All this stuff is pure bread and circuses, and it's all designed to make us think that the royal family matters, and it doesn't. It just we should just forget about it. We just ignore it completely. Uh, not not read a single newspaper headline about them. Not buy newspapers which have the rules on their front pages. Just ignore them. They're they're just horrid. Yeah. I think I think you're right up to a point. I think you're right in that Charles and his advisers believe that a diverse coronation designed to celebrate modern multicultural Britain um, is more likely to win is more likely to help the monarchy and and generate public support for the monarchy if it's seen to be a bit antediluvian and old-fashioned if it's seen to be small c conservative and only appealing to you know people in middle age or older then it stays a number so it has to win over new audiences it has to persuade the young to support it because otherwise it's a dying beast I think that's probably the the, the the feeble rationale behind this kind of woke coronation week anyway um i i think i think a holiday during that week is a good idea james yeah and um yeah i i, I and i imagine you know i imagine that um uh, tickets to london will be a lot more expensive than usual but air tickets out may be cheaper so you know w- worth investigating i'd say yeah i bet um, if you get the timing the the time right do you think people will actually come to come to see does anyone oh like yeah that man oh god yeah anyone, I'm sure people that, still believe in this of, stuff do they lots of tourists from all over the place will be flying in to uh, uh to, to 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 see the coronation yeah absolutely i'm sure mm. well, um yeah. so, so um uh, it's your turn, I think, to read an ad, James. Did you ever read the fine print that appears when you start browsing incognito mode? It says that your activity might 
still be visible to your employer, your school, or your internet service provider? How can they even call it incognito when they do that? To really stop people seeing the sites you visit, you need to do what I do. Use ExpressVPN. Think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi at a coffee shop, a hotel, your parents' house. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged in by the could be logged by the admin of that network and that's still true even when you're in incognito mode i mean do you really want your parents to see what you've been looking at what's more your home internet provider can also see and record your browsing data and in the us they're legally allowed to sell that data to advertisers ExpressVPN is an ad app that encrypts all of your network data and reroutes them through a network of secure servers so that your private online activity stays just that, private. ExpressVPN works on all your devices and is super easy to use. The app literally has one button. You tap it to connect and your browser activity is secure from prying eyes. So stop letting in strangers invade your online privacy. Protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash London. Use this link, expressvpn.com slash London to get three extra months free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash London to learn more. So, James, there was a, a, a very amusing piece in the Daily Mail um, a couple of days ago about the um, bonanza that prostitutes experience once a year in the small alpine town of Davos oh, yes. um, in January. Because, um, first of all, prostitution is legal in Switzerland, um, but they all descend on these kind of five-star hotels, which incidentally are closed to the public for the duration of the Davos Jamboree. So only pay only people who've bought the kind of 250,000 euro tickets to attend Davos actually stay in these um, luxurious uh, hotels. And uh, but but the people they, they, you can't get in it. You or I would wouldn't be able to get near. Um, I any think of you're these right, places, James. But 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 if you if you're if you're a hooker. Um, <laughs> you, you, you're let in, um, and and the bars um, of these hotels f- full to the gills with these kind of billionaire plutocrats um, and kind of chief executives and media executives. The bars are rammed with um, with hookers, and apparently there are these various signals. The mayor was explaining, like if you want to hire one, you don't even have to enter into a negotiation or say anything that might cause you embarrassment. You just point upwards as in in one of the hotels anyway you point at the ceiling and that indicate that is the secret signal um to the attractive swiss lady you're talking to at the bar that you want to hire her uh, for the next hour and you then disappear into the kind of hotel lobby elevator bank um uh, I, I was uh, i was a little bit shocked actually i mean you know D- davos likes to talk about gender equality and diversifying boardrooms and ha- and and you know likes to um worship at the feet of saint jacinda you know um a former member of the as i'm sure you know the young wef leaders program and yet for all for all the lip service it pays to gender equality and progressive idealism apparently you know what these guys are doing when they're off the platforms and no longer on the panels no longer in these in these kind of great 
halls worshipping at the feet of these female icons. They're busy paying for sex. Yes. Um, bit of and a shocker. <laughs> am I right in thinking that th- these aren't like full-time prostitutes? These are mainly students who want to pay off their 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 university fees. Oh, you sound suspiciously expert in this subject, James. I have no idea. I think so. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think... I, I, I pick up fagins because, as you know, I don't read the newspapers, and the, but but I sort of pick up little bits here and there. I think that's what I read or heard or saw on the internet or or something. Um, it's, well, there, there was, it's very there was, sleazy, there was, isn't it? It's pretty sleazy. There was one woman who actually was interviewed, one sex worker interviewed in the Daily Mail. I think called Salome. At least that's her her um, stage name as it were um, and uh, and she said that in addition to being you know a uh, seasoned sex worker she has degrees in German and French literature so she can give them an intellectual workout as well as a sexual workout um, uh, and she it, it, which was uh, I can't imagine these um, you know these these uh, plutocrats wanting to engage in a discussion about Goethe um, as they lie James? there in their bed smoking a herbal cigarette but, what yeah. would your price be to have sex with Klaus Schwab, seriously, <laughs> what would your every, every every man's got his price? I said, well, I got, well, I got one for you, James. What would you What would you like to do less? Get vaccinated or have sex with Klaus Schwab? Um, for the benefit of our listeners who aren't who don't follow the World Economic Forum as closely just, as we do, can you tell Klaus, me Klaus, Klaus is the is, is the guy who has run the World Economic Forum now since the 1970s and he looks like a Bond villain. He's about 84. What What is the situation? Just, just conjure up the situation in which I'm likely to be given this choice. Is it basically, I've, I've got a gun to my head by by the, the, the cabal and they say to me, okay, either you have to have a jab or you have sex with Klaus Schwab. Is that, is that it? Oh, you're going to say, you, do you say you, you, you choose death rather than do either of those things? That can't be right. No, you don't mean that. Um, I suppose, um, yeah, I, sp- oh, yeah I, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be a kind of plausible scenario, does it? It's just no, it if does. you had to choose it's, between you, the two. I, I need to get my head around it. I, 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 would, I would rather have sex with Klaus Schwab than take the vaccine. Would you? Yeah, I would. Crikey. Well, because, because like, have you seen that... that, that, that that um, rather, I suppose it wouldn't la- it probably wouldn't last. Very have, you seen, have you seen that that, that poor chap on on, on Twitter? Uh, this is this is my wife after she took she took the vaccine, and he, he's holding up an urn with her with his wife's ashes. This is this is my wife after her vaccine. Um, you, you, it is it is like playing Russian roulette. I mean, presuming Klaus hasn't got any any you know terrible diseases. Then all you'd have is the lifelong trauma of of, of that sort of fat man waddling towards you in the dark. But then it'd be over. Then you wouldn't you wouldn't be be lying awake every night worrying about whether or not. Well, well, the the memory the memory would stay with you, Joe. I suppose having been to um, uh, a boarding school as yeah. a young man, um, this sort of thing is sort of um, water off the ducks. Back I for never. You, whereas- as I a never, comprehensive educated boy, it would be a oh, a I first never for had me. bum sex at boarding school, Toby. Ever. Okay. Okay. Just to clear that one up. <laughs> okay. Um, so, unlike, uh, yeah, unlike I, your, your shabby comprehensive, where I bet you did it all the time for, for money, for tr- I bet you, tricks. You sold <laughs> tricks. That's how you, you we, paid we, your way into Oxford. Uh, we, 
I sold, I sold, I sold pornographic magazines in, mm-hmm. if, for cigarettes um, behind the bicycle sheds. Um, that's right. about as sleazy as I got. Right. Um, by the way, on the subject, of, I mean, I think what, what if, if we were to if if we were to write columns in national newspapers, yep. the Sun say um, about what we do if faced with this appalling dilemma, uh, we might well be um, pursued um, uh, for hate speech and lose whatever gigs we had elsewhere. Which brings me neatly to. Uh, the campaign against Jeremy Clarkson. Um, oh, I'm sure yes. you've been following this, James. Um, but but Jeremy Clarkson wrote a column uh, in the Sun in December, in which he invoked um, uh, the image from Game of Thrones. You know that famous scene in which Cersei is forced to walk parade naked yeah. uh, through the streets, um, and people shout shame and throw things at her, and. Um, uh, and Jeremy Clarkson said that he hated Meghan Markle uh, on a cellular level, hated her even more than serial killer Rose West, um, and uh, fantasizes about her having to walk, be paraded naked through the streets while people shout shame and throw excrement at her. And uh, this caused absolute uproar. He was accused of misogyny, of of, um, of of speech, which was likely to lead to violence being committed against women and girls. More than a more than sixty MPs wrote to um, the head of ITV, Caroline McCall, demanding that he be fired from his job of who, hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, Amazon have said that they're not going to commission any more seasons of. Um, uh, Clarkson's Farm. That's really or sad. The Grand Tour. That is. That is. Yeah, because you're a fan of Clarkson's Farm, I aren't you? I love Clarkson's Farm. It is an absolute blow. So um, yeah. So the, the, the he's he's been he's been you know he's he, the attempt to cancel him to deprive him of his livelihood for saying something which you know I think we could probably both agree was in fairly poor taste. But no, uh, I certainly I, don't I, I didn't find it offensive. What 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 is important? One taste of the mistakes anyway? he made was that. He didn't reference Game of Thrones. He just took it for granted that the, his readers would know, and I expect most of them did. But all the people who then got up in arms and accused him of being misogynistic uh, um, uh, sort of are accusing him of having kind of dreamt up this appalling scenario, dredged it up from the kind of depths of his no, kind Tobes, of toxic the, masculine imagination. They don't really I, I, think I, I, a lot that. Of that they just fake, affect I'm sure. to think that. I, I, I think you, you give too much... You attribute too much good faith to these people that that they no, are I, I, they are part of 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 the the circus. They're not real I agree. people. They're just performative outrage. I mean, I'm, no, I'm I agree. interested in what what the real reason was for. Presumably, Amazon had decided that it it no longer needed Clarkson Co. And therefore, this was an easy way out of the the, well, the contract or or whatever. Possibly. I don't know. Uh, there was an article in the Telegraph claiming that um, the reason Amazon wanted to cancel its deal with Clarkson um, is because um, whilst his shows do well in the UK, they don't do very well anywhere else, and so it was a purely commercial uh, consideration. And they're just using this as a pretext. Yes, to that, end that, the would, deal. that would that would 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 make sense. I mean, it's it's, it's a sh- surely he's going to he's going to find a niche somewhere, isn't it? If, if it? Even if it's only on the Dave Channel, I don't know. Well, um, uh, but uh, anyway, um, what I was building up to is that um, the Free Speech Union um, <laughs> have started a petition uh, on Change.org urging Dame Caroline McCall at ITV not to sack 
Clarkson as host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, and uh, not least because he's now apologised three times. No, that's the worst um, thing. That was the most stupid oh, <laughs> thing he's done. You should never, ever apologise. What's he got to apologise well, for? We can, we, we can, but, but. The you think, sorry, you think he should have apologised, really? No, 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 let's park that for a second. But the fact that he's apologised, um, and seemingly sincerely, at least the last time Rubbish. he apologised, um, suggests to me that, um, you know, if, 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 if he did transgress, he should now be forgiven. We shouldn't pursue him in the way that people want him to be pursued and deprive him of his livelihood and make sure he gets fired from his final gig. I mean, these 60 MPs wanted him, wanted Caroline McCall to say he'll never appear on ITV ever again in any capacity. But Toby, I mean, it does seem a little bit vindictive. The, the worst people, that I, I was going to call them reptiles, but I like reptiles. I mean, the, the worst creatures that have ever disgraced Parliament. I mean, we're talking about people, I mean, look at the dregs that the, the Conservative Party and the Labour Party, and, and never mind the whatever that Scottish Mickey Mouse those MPs are called. I mean, these are these are such low grade specimens that of course they're going to come up with stuff like that because it beats them having to talk about anything serious. So I I don't know. I it's all it's all very very silly, and it is outrageous that. Well, I mean. Anyway, anyway, I haven't quite got to my point yet. Oh, James, sorry. Which is that the petition. That, that the Free Speech Union started on Friday has now got 40,000 signatures. That's Let's good. get it up to 50,000. So London Calling listeners, um, even if you don't have a particularly high regard for Clarkson, um, and even if you found his remarks in very poor taste, I would urge you to sign this petition. Google change.org and don't cancel Jeremy Clarkson. You'll find it. Sign it. Share it. Um, let's get it up to 50,000. Uh, and if it gets up to 100,000, I'll be tempted to actually go to the offices of ITV with one of those giant checks, you know, that the winners of kind of uh, various kind of... When you win the 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 the, the, uh, the Euro millions, you get the giant check. We'll, we'll, we'll do a kind of giant check version of 100,000 people urging uh, the CEO of ITV not to cancel Clarkson. And I'll, ha- I'll try and hand it over in person. Uh, anyway, let, 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 let's get that up because, um, I mean, I, I think that, I think that, you know, he has suffered enough. He's lost, he's probably lost his sun column, hasn't reappeared. He asked for that particular one to be taken down and his sun column hasn't reappeared since. Probably not going to get either Clark, either, either the farm show or the Top Gear show recommissioned by Amazon. This is his last gig. Uh, his last big paying gig. Uh, you're probably right. He could probably survive in some kind of diminished kind of D-list capacity. Maybe he'll go on I'm a Celeb uh, next Christmas. But, you know, I do think it, 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 we, need to, we need to stand up for people that are being targeted in this way by a vindictive mob led by Harry and Meghan. Their response to his apology was so ungracious. They said they didn't accept it because he is a misogynist who's been trafficking in hate speech and conspiracy theories and misogyny for decades and it was unbelievably vindictive and they did want everyone to pile on and for him to be essentially wiped off the face of our kind of public life anyway so uh, i do feel a bit uh, uh, someone needed to stand up for him and very few people were publicly defending him but anyway got this petition going now over forty thousand signatures let's get it up to 50 let's get it up to hundred thousand. please sign um do you think we we should have another ad? Because I've got to I've got to have time to eat my porridge before I go off to Pilates, and we've got to do Culture Corner. Yeah, let's do that. Let's. Uh, so we've got we've got um, uh, 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 a new ad this week, James, um, from someone um, 
who, who who's actually a, th- a friend of Thor's. Um, uh, so so we owe we owe this one to Thor, but it sounds like um, an excellent product. So um, it's a book called How I Met My Man and How You Can Meet Yours. Where do you find real men like James and me? Uh, those two boys are taken. So where do you look if you're a single woman and still want to meet someone? If you've tried online dating and now you feel you've returned more men than Amazon parcels, then it's time to change tack. Perhaps you sleep with the light on because you're afraid of being alone in the dark. Or maybe you just want a man for keeping in the garden shed and bringing out when the bills need paying. Either way, in every way, you need this dating book, How I Met My Man and How You Can Meet Yours. There's a free man with every copy, at least while he's on parole. So the author of this book is Delissa Needham, a BBC dating expert, the agony aunt of Jewish online news, love coach and producer of many successful TV dating shows. How I Met My Man is the book that James and I will be fighting to review in Culture Corner. The book Times journalist Cosmo Landisman describes as the book to read if you want to meet the perfect man, but you don't have my phone number. The book that reveals all Delissa's hard-earned dating knowledge and tips to help you find the one. Seriously, a lot of the BBC licence fee went on Delissa learning this gold. How I Met My Man can how How I Met My Man and How You Can Meet Yours is available from Amazon. And Delissa has five copies of the book to give away for free for the best five How We Met stories. Go to Delissa's website, which is thedatist.co.uk. That's T-H-E-D-A-T-E-I-S-T, thedatist, all one word, .co.uk, and send Delissa your story. And if you don't win a free copy, buy the book. James and I won't be around forever, you know. <laughs> okay. So I, that's I, I how like I met my book, man. which is marketed on the basis that you and I are a desirable <laughs> catch. Yeah, it's because we're no longer available. You have to yeah, buy this book. Because yeah. if we were still we were still out there, James. If we, we were we, out would, there, we'd we need look have a no prayer. further. That's let's <laughs> let's face it. We we just totally wouldn't. But because we've that's the only thing that we've got in our favour that we are currently married. And therefore, women sort of find us more attractive because they can't have us. That's the only thing we've got. Everything else. Oh is gosh, just... I, I didn't even think I benefited from that unavailability mm. boost. Anyway, um, so Culture Corner, James. Culture Corner. Um, oh. Have you yet seen episode one of The Last of Us? Uh, no. Remind me what that is. Stony silence. So The Last of Us is it? It's a new. HBO series based on a video game from the creators of Chernobyl and it's got a it's 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 got quite a lot it's got some good reviews uh, a bit of buzz around it and um and it it it's set in a kind of post-apocalyptic future uh in which most of the human race have turned into zombies oh no and- why am I not watching this yeah if you're a fan of the zombie genre which I think you sort of well, are it's, and it's on what um, sky it's well. It, it it's an HBO, um, HBO production, so it's on Sky Atlantic or Now TV. If you've got Now TV, which I'm going to have to watch this. Of, it's pretty good. You could review it for the. Well, um, I probably could. In fact, I might have to. Well, I've got a series um, which I will recommend, James, a TV series, Peacemaker. So I don't know if you've heard of Peacemaker, but it's a bit like The Boys. So it's a kind of, but it's DC character. It's actual DC characters. And Peacemaker was a character in the Suicide Squad. Which, oh, I um, hate Suicide you know, Squad. 
so it was remade. It was there was a kind of crap version, and then James Gunn remade it, and it was slightly better. I hate them Not all. Fantastic. Uh, anyway, I didn't I didn't love the Suicide Squad, or maybe it's just called Suicide Squad. Um, but um, Peacemaker was one of the characters played by John Cena, um, and he was killed in the movie but they've resurrected oh, him and he's the central character and it's actually pretty funny it's actually pretty good and it's written and directed by james gunn and he's back to his kind of guardians of the galaxy one best i think um so it's it's it's, it's pretty entertaining stuff and it, it's it's similar to the boys but maybe not quite as cynical okay. um but, but what's the but what channel is that on it's that's also on now tv um uh, I'm not sure if you've got Sky, you'll be able to find it on okay. uh, on Sky as well. Um, so yeah, I'd give that um, two thumbs up. I came to the end of Echo Three, which is the kind of international thriller, um, uh, which which uh, is on Apple TV Plus. Um, Ten episodes in total. Slightly disappointed, I have to say. Uh, it's been created by the same guy that did Zero Dark Thirty. Um, and, oh well, that was uh, rubbish. Anyway, it's, I thought it was okay. But was, anyway, that, was that this, the this one where they pretended to kill Osama bin Laden? That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, have you seen anything else you've enjoyed? Um, I don't. Th- well, actually, I tell you what's really good. What's really good? You, you, did I mention this? The tennis one. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh! Is it like? Um, uh, it's like a documentary series on Netflix, but about tennis. Yeah, so they d- they did yeah. did Formula One in Drive to Survive. Now they've done the same, given yeah. the same treatment for tennis, with lots of sort yeah. of really detailed coverage of the off court life and on court life. And yes, uh, I mean you probably know stuff already because you're married to a tennis. My, my wife has been watching it, and she she says it's okay, but she hasn't. She's not oh, loving okay. it. Well, and she did love Drive to Survive. I just watched the episode, the first episode. Which is about that bad boy Greek Australian guy. Um, you'll you'll know who he is. Well, I don't think so. Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, oh, I have to Google it. Google it now. Get, uh, hold on. Australian tennis. Bruce Stavros, tennis player, doesn't practice. <laughs> Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios. Okay, Nick yeah, Kyrgios. Kyrgios. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, I, I love this man because he doesn't practice. He only play. He just can't be asked. But he's such a natural. He gets away with it. And right. bizarrely, um, uh, in the last Australian Open, he he got knocked out of the singles in the, uh, sec- the second round. But amazingly, with his childhood friend Thanasi Kokinakis, who's presumably Greek as well. Um, they 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 did really well in the in the doubles, and it's just an extraordinary story. I mean, in the second round, I think he defe- they they defeated the world champions. And doubles tennis is completely different for, from from you know singles players don't normally get on because the the tactics are completely different. And these guys, just because they were they were bros, they were just just like having fun together, and they were in it for the for the crack. Um, it, it it's a great episode. With a, with, a, with with a happy ending, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend. I don't know what the other okay. is like, and tennis does go on a bit, but yeah, that one is good. Oh, did did you watch? Have you do you ever watch tennis? I watched um, Andy Murray um, uh, in the Australian Open um, going down to defeat, having kind of unexpectedly won his first two 
matches. Um, and he went down to defeat to this Italian called something like Bautista. Uh, but he was like, he's he's quite, he's still kind of box office Murray. He kind of he kind of he screams and he gets angry. Oh, I hate and he all shakes that. his fist and he celebrates. Um, and it's sort of like I was trying to. I mean, and 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 this is kind of you know this is cutting edge masculinity. This is what women want, James. So it's kind of like I was trying to think what 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 does it remind me of? So like on court, he's angry. There's a lot of braggadocio, a lot of fist shaking and self congratulation, um, and kind of you know nose to nose aggression with his opponent. And then off the court, he then bursts into tears. Oh, what you a know uh, whether girl. he wins or losers and his mother is always there in the stands applauding him and you can see that they've got great chemistry so he's like a he's like a, a petulant angry macho crybaby mummy's boy he's basically an italian do you right? know he's so an italian this male me, this confirms me in my increasingly cynical view about sport that it genuinely is bread and circuses that it is all about acting it's not real <laughs> it's all been choreographed and scripted and I don't trust any of it. I mean, I mean, even the Nick Kyrgios one is was a bit implausible to be true. It was a great story with a, with a, with a wonderful ending. I think all sport is just cheating and made up. I don't think you can trust I, any of it. I mean, literally none well, of I, it. I think there's there is there's obviously a degree of play acting and kind of exaggeration and, and rigging. And, you know, and, and, but I, don't, I don't think these. I don't think tennis matches are rigged in the sense that you know someone is paying someone else to lose because they're hoping to make out in the betting Who, who won I mean, the football I, I, thing I, I, that was in, in that hot country? The, the football oh, World uh, Cup? Argent, Argentina in Qatar. You thought that was rigged, didn't you? Yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, I, <laughs> I was just trying to construct a thesis, but, I, but given I didn't know who won, I couldn't work out what my thesis was going to be. I'm just... <laughs> so, yeah. They're, obviously, they decided that some South Americans had to win for it. I don't know. I don't know how it goes. But yeah, I, I, I don't believe any of it. It's all, it's um, all bread and circus. So... I've, I've, um, I thought I'd take a break. I'm trying to sort of um, space out the um, uh, sharp novels um, uh, so I don't read them all at once. I'm trying to make them last as long as possible. Yeah. So I try and read another book for every sharp Bernard Cornwall book I read. And um, I've, so I've, I've, I've gone, I haven't strayed too far um, because I've, I've, I've gone with the first Flashman book. I which I remember you mentioned that last time. It, 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 it's it's good, teenager. isn't it? It's good. It is good. It is good. But one suspicion I have, I mean, Flashman is, is, I mean, he's not just a run-of-the-mill cad slash rogue. He's a rapist. He's racist. He's corrupt. He's dishonourable. It's almost as though George MacDonald Fraser is part of the kind of woke decolonisation movement who want to depict, you know, Britain at the height of the empire is this kind of rapacious, unprincipled, kind of demonic power. I mean, it, it, it sort of almost it could you couldn't hope for a worse advertisement for kind of British colonialism than the figure of Flashman. Um, uh, and I'm sure that wasn't his intention, but you can see it being lapped up by kind of you know by 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 members of the kind of woke decolonization anti-british movement um and embraced and taken far more literally um than it was ever intended to be um, i don't but know he is a, I'm, my God, I'm, 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 character. if that's the line i'm with him on the british empire i'm i'm really anti it um, okay <laughs> i've changed my view anyway i'm okay. gonna have my porridge now tobes um all and, right james and, um so we'll um see you next week okay mate all cheers right. bye-bye bye this is london calling
Ricochet. Join the conversation.